Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And a good Friday to everybody. I hope you are getting ready for a fabulous weekend. Grant Napier here on Listen Up. How wild was that game last night? An incredible game last night in Arizona with the Packers and the Cardinals. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that. You've got uh, NBA basketball tonight with the Kings. Game two of their four-game road trip in NOLA taking on the Pelicans. And you've got a big-time college football game tomorrow. You've got Michigan at Michigan State. Of course, game three of the World Series tonight with that series tied at a game apiece. NFL weekend. I would like your lock of the week, your upset of the week. If you've got one, a lot of bad games this week in the National Football League. And really, part of the problem is there are a lot of bad teams in the NFL. So you get a lot of bad games. That's just the way it is. I mean, last night, obviously, was the marquee game of the week. And it was, as advertised, really hard to believe that Green Bay, when they were up 24-21, looked like that the game was over when they went into the end zone penalty. And then, you know, They get stopped on fourth and short. I mean, what a crazy ending to that game. And then Murray uh, gets picked off when Green uh, fell asleep. And uh, the Packers end up winning that football game. What a great game, though. Was that not a phenomenal game? I mean, for a Thursday night game to have that kind of drama. And, you know, what can you say about Aaron Rodgers? I mean, when you need Aaron Rodgers to take the ball down the field, he takes the ball down the field, right? I mean, it was a 10-point game. Arizona scores, Green Bay takes the ensuing kickoff, and they move right down the field. Yes, I understand they didn't score because of a penalty, but the point is, I mean, Rodgers just is so smooth, does not make mistakes, and takes the Green Bay Packers uh, right down. And then, you know, I got to give Kyler Murray and the Cardinals credit. You know, they came all the way back down the field, and I thought that the call uh, made absolutely no sense on the previous play before the interception when they ran the ball and had to call a timeout, that made no sense to me at all. I did not understand uh, that play call, but it is what it is. The Cardinals now with a loss and, you know, you look at the NFC right now and you look at Dallas, you look at green Bay, you look at Arizona, that could be a big game now because the Packers have the tiebreaker. And then you look at the Rams as well. And then, you know, you have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you know, the NFC, uh, it's anyone's guess right now. Dallas, Tampa, Green Bay, Arizona, the L.A. Rams. Those are the teams that you got to keep an eye on. Maybe, and I'm saying maybe the next two best games this weekend, Sunday night, you have Dallas and Minnesota. I want to see if the Colts can be competitive at Tennessee. But really, just a lot of bad games uh, this weekend. Then, of course, tomorrow, 
the early game in college football, you have Michigan uh, at Michigan State. And that really should be a dandy. The rivalry, uh, Jim Harbaugh trying to stay undefeated, trying to beat Ohio State a little bit later in the football calendar next month. Uh, I believe that game off the top of my head is on the 27th. So if you got your upset of the week, your lock of the week, uh, hit that hand icon and I will get you right on uh, the Kings again. Game two of their four game road trip tonight. Uh, if you did not get a chance to listen to my podcast today, I invite you to do so. It was a very interesting topic and the subject matter. It's uh, available to you on your favorite podcast platform. If you don't like that with Grant Napier. So I hope you can check that out. Uh, but again, I would love to get your feedback on this Friday with uh, your college NFL World Series NBA take, because certainly there is enough going on here as we get you to the final weekend of October. Hard to believe it's almost November, huh? Really is. I mean, uh, the time is absolutely flying. You know, you got hockey obviously going on as well. I mean, if you can't get enough sports right now, then uh, something is wrong with you. Uh, World Series tonight, as we pointed out, uh, the Astros now, they change venues uh, going into Atlanta. And, you know, I was reading that the, you know, I, I guess, the, the, and I can't remember which group they're asking Fox not to show the fans with the uh, tomahawk chop. I understand where we're at in 2021, but I think we're getting carried away with this stuff. I really do. Now you, you, you're expecting Fox not to show all the Atlanta fans uh, doing the tomahawk chop. It's going to be very interesting uh, to see where that comes. You know, I, I think that when you, and I hate talking about politics and sports, you know that, but I've also predicted that this would happen. I think when you start mixing politics and social issues with sports, you get a mess on your hands. I mean, look at the all-star game being moved out of Atlanta to Denver and now you have the World Series there, and now you know, Fox isn't supposed to show the fans with the tomahawk chop. I mean, you know, I don't know where this all ends. I, I really don't. But I think it's really taking away uh, from the enjoyment with uh, sports. That's my take. Again, you know, I, I don't. I'm not of Indian descent. Uh, I'm. I, I can't speak on this subject with authority or with uh, any education other than you know what I read and. Uh, you know, Rob Manford, the commissioner of baseball, came out and praised the city of Atlanta and the Braves organization. Well, I guess not the city of Atlanta, but the Braves organization uh, for working with, uh, you know, tribes in their area of Indian descent. And I can go on and on. And he was satisfied with it. And now all of a sudden, Jeff Passan, you know, comes out with a big story from ESPN uh, about, you know, how they need to stop it and talked about. Fox not being able to show it. And I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I really don't. It's just, I don't know where this ends. You know, I, I really don't. And, I, and I, I, I've said this for years and years and years, way before Colin Kaepernick ever took a knee. And I said, when you start mixing politics and these social issues with sports, you're going to have a real problem. And I believe we are having, when I mean a real problem, I'm talking about uh, attendance. I'm talking about viewership. And I, I think you got to be careful, you know, as a sports league. But we'll see what happens tonight. On the field, though, uh, Atlanta and Houston with uh, that series tied at a game apiece. Kings again in New Orleans tonight taking on a Pelicans team that uh, without Zion early in the season, uh, clearly not the same team. You look at uh, now Denver with the Nuggets and their injury situation. 
You look at Dallas, who the Kings play on Sunday. They came from way behind last night uh, to get the win against San Antonio. They now play in Denver tonight. And then that game on Sunday in the Big D is an afternoon game uh, against the uh, Kings. So they got the Kings and the Mavs uh, Sunday afternoon. And it will be the third game in four nights for Dallas. And they had to you know, really expend a lot of in- energy uh, to come from behind. Now they have a tough game in altitude in Denver tonight and then a quick turnaround for an afternoon game on Sunday. So, you know, I think from a schedule, first of all, that makes no, and I, and I understand why they're doing it. The Cowboys are playing on Sunday night and the Mavs do not want to go head to head with the Cowboys. I understand, you know, it's a football town. And so they got to play earlier in the day, but that's not good for the Mavericks. You know, you're playing three games and four nights and then you have an afternoon game. Uh, that's a big advantage, in my opinion, for Sacramento. Let me rephrase that. Not a big advantage, but it is an, an advantage. And it's it sucks for Dallas because they just can't go head-to-head with the Cowboys because nobody will be watching their games. So, you know, they may, they may be sacrificing a win to get more people to watch their games and to go to the game because if they go head-to-head with a night game, you know, against the Cowboys, you know, like if the Cowboys had been playing that game at a regularly scheduled time at noon central, one o'clock Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, then the Mavs would have been playing Sunday night. But because the Cowboys game is against the Vikings on Sunday night football, then the Mavs have to look at that schedule. And, you know, and, and I'll tell you something, the Mavs are smart. And I've always, I've always gotten on the Kings for this. I don't know who makes the Kings schedule. You know, but it's stupidity. You know, again, last Sunday night, you know, the Kings have a home game going head-to-head with the 49ers and the Colts. That makes no sense to me. Like, why are you going head-to-head with the team in your market in in football? I mean, why not give yourself the best chance to get the most viewers? And they do this all the time. You know, it's like when they do their schedule, they don't look at the football schedule. Stupidity. I've never understood that. It can't help the ratings. It can't help attendance. I mean, especially, you know, on Sunday night, you had the Kings playing the Warriors, all right? Well, the Warriors don't want to go head-to-head with the 49ers, but they don't have a choice because they're the road team. That makes no sense. You're playing Sacramento's playing Golden State. You know, and again, I know it was raining out, but look at all of the, look at all of the empty seats at Golden 1 last Sunday night. I mean, look at all the empty seats. Yeah, the weather wasn't good. But the 49ers are playing at the same time you're playing. Like, why would you do that for? Have the game at 3 in the afternoon. Have the game at 2 in the afternoon. Have the game at noon. And wh- why are you going head-to-head with the NFL? The NBA can't beat the NFL. As a matter of fact, I was reading that, you know, Thursday night TNT, Mark Stein was talking about this. They're not going to compete against the NFL anymore. They're going to wait until after football season to have their games televised on TNT on Thursday night. You know, it's called common sense. You know, why schedule a game against a team in your market? And, yeah, I know you can say, well, San Francisco, the 49ers are not in Sacramento's market. But, yeah, they are. They are in Sacramento's market. I mean, let's just call it the way it is. It's a 49er and Raider territory. Why why, why play games head-to-head against the NFL in your backyard? Stupid. Makes no sense at all. So even though Dallas and the Mavs, are probably going to be hurt by this three games and four nights and an afternoon game. 
you know, from a business perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. They can't go head to head with the Cowboys. No one will, no one will go to the game. Nobody will watch the game. So, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. I'm just surprised that for year after year, and I've said this for years and years and years and years and years and years, whoever makes the schedule for the Sacramento Kings, they don't have a lot of foresight. They really don't. I mean, it's called common sense 101, and it happens every single freaking year, every year, every single year, every year. All right, if you want to come on the show, hit that hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will get you right on. I would like your uh, lock of the week. I would like your upset of the week, uh, your thoughts tomorrow on Michigan and Michigan State, uh, your thoughts on the World Series tonight with the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. That is now a best-of-five series with Atlanta now having home field advantage. I don't think home field advantage is that big of a deal. I mean, obviously, in the National League Park, you take the DH out of play, but I, I, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. I really don't. The Astros... Really trying to make a statement here after they were caught cheating. Uh, Dusty trying to win a world championship as a manager. He's been very close, very, very close in previous stops. Now uh, he'll try to do it uh, with the uh, Houston Astros. So, again, if you want to comment on that, hit the hand icon. Uh, We will put you right on. If you want to talk about your upset of the week, the lock of the week, if you want to talk about my podcast today or anything else that is going on in the world of sports, Uh, I am very happy uh, to do it. All right. So let's get to uh, some phone calls here on this Friday edition. Grant Napier on Listen App, and we check in with Clayton. Clayton, thank you very much for dialing me up. What's going on today? Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Grant. Um, Thank you. I had a a question about your trial. Yeah. What is the reason or reasons that you want your case decided by a jury? Um, Because I want 12 quote-unquote, independent people to look at this case and decide the fate of the lawsuit. Um, I believe in jury trials. I believe in letting uh, the people of this country uh, reach a verdict. And I want to get in front of a jury, and I want a jury to hear the case, and I want them to rule on it. I'm not sure if that's the type of answer that you're looking for, but yep. I, I believe that this is see this is this case is not just about me in my opinion. This case is about Bonneville International, you know, deeming me to be unimportant and you know to to you know be the Almighty in Salt Lake City and dictating what is right and what is wrong based on all lives matter, every single one. And I feel that in a way. And again, in a way, I'm a poster boy for cancel culture and what has happened in this country. So am I fighting for myself? I am fighting for myself, but I feel like I'm fighting for a lot of other people. And I feel like I'm really fighting for what is right versus what is wrong. And yeah, I, I think I'm a victim here, but I don't want to cry victim. I, I want to I want to make a statement. I want I want it to be known for all the others that have suffered through this period of time in cancel culture, that there is a way to be vindicated. And so I'm not only trying to vindicate myself, I want a jury to vindicate what happened to me, but I want a jury to send a message around the country that, hey, wait a minute, cancel culture is wrong. 
and companies that step on people like me are wrong. Okay, that sounds really good, Grant. I actually had another question, a follow-up question. How how long did Bonneville own KCK? Was it a recent thing? Yes, uh, it was about three years. They they purchased the station from uh, CBS Sports, CBS Radio. They purchased the radio station, and don't hold me to this exactly, Clayton, but I want to say around 2018. So okay. they owned uh, KHDK and the other four, I believe they owned a cluster of five stations in Sacramento. Uh, they they acquired those stations in 2018. Can I May I ask why you've asked the question? Um, so I did a little research and yeah, it looked to me like they had bought it recently. Um, I was wondering, cause I looked up those people, you told us the leadership on Bonneville. Yes. Did you, did you have a relationship with any of those people? I saw the guy who is in charge of KHTK said he was a resident of Sacramento. Did you have a relationship with him? Yes. I had a very good relationship with him. You're talking about the general manager, Steve Cottingham. I had a yeah. fabulous relationship with him. I had a great working relationship with him. I had a good uh, friendship with him. And uh, yes, I had an excellent, excellent relationship, working relationship with him. And I also uh, considered him a friend. I did not know. Uh, I met obviously Daniel Brown, who is the head of Bonneville International uh, on a couple of occasions when he was visiting uh, Sacramento. But no, um, the person that I was closest to was the general manager, uh, Steve Cottingham. Okay, and I'll just ask you this last question, if you can answer it. Is he the one who would pull the trigger on that firing? Um, I, I don't know for sure. So because I don't know for sure, I will not answer that question. Okay. Because I don't want to give out any information that may be uh, incorrect because this is a very serious subject matter. I would tell you this, and I think that, that I'm, uh, um, I received an email from Bonneville International dated May 1st, 90 days before the expiration of my contract, uh, wishing to renegotiate for a new deal for me to stay on at the radio station. So... I mean, I doubt that, you know, all of a sudden I became racist between May 1st and May 31st, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see. Okay, Grant, thanks for taking my call and hey. answering my questions. Hey, my pleasure, Clayton. Uh, you have a great weekend. You go a call again. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Again, I'm, I'm open. You can ask me anything, you know, about the lawsuit. So in a specific question about who fired me, I think it's better that unless I know 100% that I don't answer the question because anything that I can, that anything that I say uh, can be used, I guess, in court. So I, I don't want to ever give out information unless I'm 100% sure about it. All right, let's get to Brian. Brian, you're next here. How are you today? Hey, Grant. Nice talking to you again. Ditto. Hey, on the on this topic, I've had one question, and I apologize if you've discussed it and I've missed it. I did hear your comments about Doug. I am curious if whatever you may share, what's your relationship like now or or during that time with Carmichael Dave? And again, I apologize if you've already talked about it. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Um, you did you are you still there or are you yeah. okay? You're off. No, I'm still here. Um, yeah, or did, did you want, were you asking me about my relationship with both Doug and Carmichael Dave no. or just Carmichael Dave? No, I often wondered about Doug and then you answered that more recently, sure. but I never heard your comments on Carmichael Dave, if you had. 
commented before. I just uh, so I apologize for repeating the question. I just was curious. I, I because consider I, cons I consider Carmichael Dave uh, an extremely close friend of mine. Uh, we have remained in contact through this entire uh, period of time. Um, I believe that he is a loyal supporter of mine. I believe he is in a very very difficult position. Obviously, being the morning dish jockey and the most prominent personality on KHTK. And so there are many things that uh, he cannot say on my behalf to support me. And I don't think I have to go into why that is, uh, but he's still, I consider him a very good friend of mine. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, if you want to get in on the program, you can uh, raise your hand. You know, I, I see criticism of Dave that he doesn't support me. Dave can't support me. Dave works for the company that I'm suing. You understand? Dave works for a company that fired me, and Dave is 100% a friend of mine, not 95%, not 98, <clears throat> excuse me, but he also is in a very tough position because he works for Bonneville, right? So he has to protect his family. He has to protect his job. Excuse me one second. I needed a little water there. You know, he, he, he has a livelihood, you know, and um, I know that I preach when you see a, a, an injustice, speak up and don't turn your head the other way. And when you see something that's wrong, you know, speak up on it. But, you know, Dave is married with two kids and I don't want Dave to lose his job. You know, I can 100%. 100% guarantee you that if Dave was not working for Bonneville International at KHTK, he would be very active on social media in my defense. I can guarantee you that. But again, you know, he has to, he has a family. You know, that's, that's more important. His family is more important than me. All right. Uh, Forrest, I know that I put you in queue. You got to hit that microphone icon in the uh, left-hand side of you. There you go. Hello, Forrest. You're on with Grant Napier. Go ahead. Well, I, I turned it off. I raised my hand and I took it back down. <laughs> well, you're uh, back on. What can I do for you, sir? Well, I, I, I didn't want to get into a political thing or anything. I didn't. I come in kind of. All I heard was Bonneville, and uh, I worked for Bonneville, uh, and. Uh, so it was not a pleasant experience. So I, I'm not sure of what your experience was, but what was not pleasant about us. what was not what was not pleasant about it? Well, they uh, they brought us all in from different parts of the country. Started a station, uh, a country format in San Francisco, and uh, we were doing great. Had uh, awesome ratings. The ratings were going up, and they kept telling us how great of a company the Bonneville is, and uh, you know, free soda in the break rooms and all of these perks and all these things. Well, uh, less than a month later, after we had record breaking uh, ratings, they all fired us on Monday and they went automated, which is of course their, their prerogative, but I just, it's just morally wrong to uproot families from all across the country with this, you know, the carrot on the stick in San Francisco and, and then fire everybody on a Monday after you have great ratings and, you know, tell everybody we're going to get bonuses and then, you know, turn around and fire you to go automated. So, wow, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I, I don't know anything about your experience, but I, I, you know, Bonneville is, I know the, the religious background on it and it's just not a pleasant company. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Well, 
I'm not going to speak about Bonneville International other than the fact that they fired me for no reason uh, for saying all lives matter, every single one to uh, I, I'm not really sure why they fired me, um, you know, to protect they, they they think they're protecting their image. What image? I mean, uh, you know, what about me? What about I just, you know, again, I will. Uh, that's why I want, you know, the previous caller asked why I want a jury trial. That's why I want a jury trial. I want a jury, you know, of 12 independent people to examine the case, hear the testimony and render a verdict. That That's why I want a jury trial. And I'm very confident that I will be vindicated in a jury trial, that I will prevail or else I wouldn't right. be doing this. That's what I want. Uh, well, and I agree with you, too, because you've been a broadcaster for X amount of years. This isn't the, your first kerfuffle that you've no. had as a broadcaster. And that's the thing is to get in a room and they can tell you, OK, we don't particularly we're not going to tell you what to say. Right. But we'd like to shape it this way or go this way. But you are an educated person, a professional broadcaster. You can change and come back on and say, OK, maybe it was taken the wrong way. For those of you who took it the wrong way, let me just fine tune it a little bit rather than just cancel you. Yep. Hey, Forrest, they never gave me an opportunity to go back on the air. Had they allowed me to go back on the air at 3 o'clock that day, I firmly believe that everything would have been fine and that the vast majority of people, and I mean the vast majority of people, would have had no issue with what I said and my explanation and my intent behind it. That is number one, okay? N number two, um, you talk about me being on the air. I was on that radio station for 26 years, and you, well, you, you being in the business, understand that's a hell of a long time to be at one station. You know, not many people stay at one station on the air in the same time slot for 26 years. I never had anyone tell me what I can and cannot say on the air. Okay, no one from Bonneville called me into a room and said, listen, you need to talk about BLM or not talk about BLM. You can't say this. You can't. That was never discussed. That's number two. Number three, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with my radio show, but I was promoted in a certain way. All right. The radio station ran promos on me all the time. They were in your face promos with me calling people morons and idiots. That's the image that the station portrayed me as with their promos. They didn't use a sound cut of me interviewing Charles Barkley or some other great personality. They used a promo of me yelling at people. That's what they wanted. That's why they had me do Grant's rants every day because they wanted that image. That's what they were selling the public on. That's why, and not to brag, I brought in the most money of any on-air personality in Sacramento. All right? I mean, and, and now I'm being fired because I said all lives matter, every single one. Are you freaking kidding me? Because I put that out on Twitter. I mean, I, I, it's just ridiculous. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and I can understand that, too, because people under get uh, upset when radio stations change formats and do different things. And it's like, sure. people, it doesn't matter. That's not We don't play the music because we like the music. We play it because it, it gives everybody a job and everybody makes money. So yes. they're directing you down that to be that aggressive in your face host and they they can't turn around and say that it's your fault. Oh my gosh, yeah, I if I'm on that jury, I'm going for Grant's rant. So I, I got my hand up and saying Bonneville, you're guilty. Forrest, thank you for your thank you. uh thank, thank you, you for your call. You have a great weekend. Thank you. You too.
Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in on the phone call, just hit that hand icon and I'm, I'm happy to do it. You know, again, I've, I have over the last 14 or 15 or 16 months done a lot of evaluating and I've been seeing what's going on and I've listened and watched a lot of people that have huge platforms like Bill Maher on his show, Real Time, or excuse me, um, uh, Real Time with Bill Maher on HBO. And, you know, Bill is known as a uh, extremely liberal. Uh, he also, on two separate occasions, uh, came out and supported me, talked about me on his program. Uh, there have been, and not only talked about me, but talked about how awful cancer culture is. Adam Silver came out before game one of the NBA finals and also talked about how wrong it is. And there were many other, you know, big names in this country uh, that have done the same. And again, there are many, many people. Uh, George Floyd's brother on the day that Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder, okay, came out in front of the courthouse and said, do, do black lives matter? Yes, but all lives matter. That's George Floyd's brother, okay? But because I said it, because I'm white, I'm fired, because I said all lives matter, every single one, and I'm going to keep on asking this question because I really would like to know, are there really people that don't believe that all lives matter, every single one? Seriously, are there people that just say, oh, boy, that's racist? What individual, seriously, would say those six words is, is a racist statement? I mean, it's absurd. It really is. I, I just, I don't understand that. And that's, that's why I want a jury to hear our case. I want to get to a jury trial. And I want to win, not only for me, but I want to win for those others that have been affected by cancel culture and our woke society and the ridiculous period of time that we are going through. That's what I want. That's what I want. Because people are being upended, uprooted. They're having their lives turned upside down for no reason at all because of the wokeism in this country and cancel culture. And I'm hoping, and I am really hoping, that I get that day in court or days with the jury, and then we can present the case, Bonneville can present their case, and let 12 people decide the fate of my lawsuit. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what my attorney, Matthew Ruggles, is hoping for and time will tell time will tell i thought michael mccann of sportico wrote a very interesting story today you can check it out his name is michael mccann about my case and you know michael is someone that um he's a sports attorney meaning that he writes about legal issues in the sports world. And I think he's excellent. And I thought he had a very interesting analysis of my lawsuit today. You can check it out. You can Google Michael McCann 
and uh, check it out if you are interested in doing so. All right. Um, you know, I, I, I said that I would always answer the questions truthfully. I've always felt that even when I was on the radio, I've always tried to answer everything truthfully. It's the only way I know about doing it. It's the reason why I had the subject matter on my podcast today. If you have not heard my podcast, I really invite you to uh, do so because, I, and I talked about here on Listen App, how the one paragraph in Michelle Malkin's story really bothered me. And I really got into that today and gave you a little insight into why uh, I was so bothered by it. I think a lot of people were bothered by it. But uh, we do have, um, you know, sports going on this weekend, uh, the World Series tonight. We got the NBA, you got the college football tomorrow, uh, and the NFL. But I want people to know, as long as I'm doing Listen App, and I'm going to try to do it, you know, every day unless I'm in the air, um, you know, you can ask me anything. And I will answer it as truthfully as I can. And if someone asks me a question, you know, who fired me, what particular individual, you know, made that statement um, without knowing 100%, I'm not going to answer that, okay? Because I'm not, I'm not in a guessing game here when it comes to my lawsuit. I'm only in the facts. And so I, I hope you respect that, all right? Uh, Monday, uh, I will be uh, talking about the football weekend. We'll be talking about the World Series. Uh, the Kings will have had three games of the four played in the road trip with one remaining game coming up against the Utah Jazz. Again, tonight they're in New Orleans taking on the Pelicans. If you want to get on uh, before I adjourn for the day, hit that hand icon and you can ask me a question. And if there are any other developments that happen with my lawsuit, I'll pass them on as long as I'm able to. Uh, I will pass them on right here on Listen App. And, you know, it's an open forum. We're live here. You know, it's your opportunity to ask me, you know, as many questions uh, as you want. But this is, um, I, I guess this is a interesting period of time in my life because of all of the media coverage uh, that my lawsuit has caused. Uh, I'm getting a lot of interview requests. Uh, I've seen myself being written about, talked about on all the various media platforms across the country. So it's definitely an interesting time, but you know, this isn't just about me. Uh, I believe it's, a, I believe in a way I'm a, I'm a poster boy uh, being one of the first, not the first, but one of them early on uh, in this horrendous period of cancel culture. All right. So listen, with that said, uh, I really love having you all on uh, when I do this. Uh, I will be back with you Monday at three o'clock. I hope you have a great weekend. And when I mean three o'clock, I mean three o'clock Pacific time. Before I go, let's get to some more phone calls. Because again, I'll be, well, let's see if I still have Preston is there. Preston, I'll let you get on here. I'm glad you chimed in before I signed off. What can I do for you? Uh, I just had a question about um, since you've moved to Florida and since you've done your, because you moved to Florida and you, I think you may have mentioned that nobody knew you or whatever. And I was wondering to know if since like, cause you were just talking about how the uh, media has been covering you and stuff. If people have been maybe recognizing you more. No. And I, that's a great question. Um, I have not been recognized uh, in Miami. Uh, I've met a lot of phenomenal people because when I meet them for the first time, they don't know anything about me. They, they, and so we kind of start from the ground floor and I work our way up 
And so it's been very interesting because I didn't experience that because I've been on TV for over 30 years in Sacramento. And generally, when I meet someone in the greater Sacramento area, people say, oh, that's Grant Napier. Oh, I listen to him on the radio. Oh, gee, I recognize him from TV. And there's there's that built up. Oh, well, I know him without knowing him. And, you know, it's not kind of it cannot it's not always authentic. But the people that I've met in Miami, it's very authentic because no one knows anything about me when we meet. So it's been a very interesting experience. And as it turns out, and I say this just because it's true, and I've done podcast on this, I think it was episode 42, where I talked about meeting V, you know, the 39 year old African American gal who was really, uh, she and her family have become dear friends of mine. Like, I mean, like, and, and, and I've met a lot of her friends, many of whom uh, are black and, it's just been fascinating because, you know, I shouldn't say now, but more so than ever, you know, I don't know if you listened to the story that I shared at a at dinner last month over menus being put in front of me instead of other people. And I went into that whole thing uh, about me asking questions. I ask questions now. And what's great, because the people in Florida, again, didn't know who I was. And we meet and we talk. We have phenomenal conversations, and now that they do know me and they knew about my situation and they know what happened to me, you know, we have great conversations. I shared this. I can't remember if I talked about this on Listen App or I talked about this somewhere else, but many of my black friends in Miami have told me they're embarrassed by the Black Lives Matter movement, and I was like, "Wow, really?" And they explained to me why. Now they're 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 very supportive of the lives of black people. They're very supportive of police reform. They're very supportive of the issues that black people are trying to accomplish in this country with equality, but they're not in any way supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, which I thought was very interesting. And again, I'm able to talk about all of these things with my friends. And sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. We were about two months ago, there was six or seven of my friends and we literally sat probably for five hours talking about everything. And it was just a phenomenal conversation. And I was the only white person in the group giving my perspective, listening to their perspective. And what's nice about it is, you know, we, I, I see all the issues in this country with race. And yet when I talk with people of color, when I talk with, and I say people of color, because I've, I've explained some people that I've talked to don't want to be referred to as African-American. Some like V doesn't want to be referred to as black because her father's from Nigeria. She wants to be referred to as African-American. And so I, I, I now just say people of color because I, I'm not really sure what an individual wants to be referred to. So I, I, I say mm -hmm. that just for sake of conversation. But the point I'm trying to make is that, and, and, I, and I, I'm not saying this because it sounds good. I'm saying this because it's the truth. All of the people that I have met, all of my friends, okay, only one, only one felt that I should have lost my job. All the other people that I've met of color have, have told me that what happened to me was wrong, that it was ridiculous, and that I should have never lost my job. And they've also said they don't have a problem with me saying all lives matter, every single one. These are black people. These are people of color. Okay. And, and I just found that to be like interesting to get their perspective 
on what I went through because I wanted to hear, and they would have told me, they would have told me if they felt that I should have lost my job. They would have told me if they said, you should have never said that, but they've, they've been very supportive of what I've said. And I just find that to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think you talked about in your first episode about how the media had changed. I mean, they've changed everything about how people think now and like how they don't always tell the truth. Like I've noticed like even, um, like if you watch CNN, like it, it, they're always against Trump. And then when you watch, watch Fox, they're always about pro-Trump. And it's kind of like you, you're not able to get the full truth of everything. That's correct. You know what it's called? It's called an agenda. Yeah. And it's very difficult now to turn on the news and trust what you're watching because you don't know whether the person that's delivering the news has an agenda or not. I mean, when Brian Williams of NBC, the main anchor, gets fired because he lied about a story. I mean, if you can't trust an anchor delivering the nightly news on one of the three networks, who can you trust? You certainly can't trust Fox. You certainly can't trust CNN. It's been proven because they have agendas. And so it's very difficult. Now, you make a great point. When you watch the news, you don't really know if what you're watching is believable or not. You don't know if what you're being told is believable or not. And I can tell you that in my particular instance, for what I said in my coverage, there are those in the media that have flat out come out and lied. They have flat out lied because regardless of whether you believe me or not, the one thing that is not debatable, I know what the truth is behind all lives matter, every single one. You may not agree with it. And I'm saying, I'm not saying you individually, but I'm speaking in general terms. You may mm -hmm. not believe what I said, but I know what I said and I know what the truth is. So when I hear people report on me and they're, they're wrong and they're actually going out of their way to say that I'm wrong, they're being deceitful and they're lying. And yet there's nothing I can do about it other than just speak the truth, which I try to do on an everyday basis. But I know the truth because I said it. I, mm -hmm. I wrote All Lives Matter every single one. I know exactly went through what was going through my mind when I wrote that. I know the truth. And so when I see inaccuracies yeah. reported on me and my story, it does make me mad. Yeah, it's just funny. I, I, I know you're probably um, familiar with the Let's Go Brandon thing, how the... Yes. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, lady, that... that that's not that's not what they're saying and you know it and it's like how you, why are you trying to lie to the viewers it's crazy what's going it. on Every, yeah. and again i use the word and you make some great great questions it's agenda there are too many people that are in the news business now that have an agenda well when i went to journalism school when i went to the to study broadcast journalism that was never taught in school it was taught your your agenda is not part of being a journalist you know, your, 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 your responsibility as being a journalist is to report the truth and to find out what the truth is and report the truth and report the facts, not slant a story based on your own personal bias. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen enough anymore in 2021. Yeah. And, and then my other question was, um, like when you traveled around the country, um, did you, I mean, were you more well-known than other places or uh in nba arenas uh you'd be surprised how many people would come up to me because of league pass you know league pass i mean mm. even like yeah. I, I i could be in atlanta and someone would yell out my name and they would say hey i love you i watch you on league pass and that would but but would, would i say in a um i'd say in southern california 
probably more people recognize me down there because I think there's a lot of people that live in Southern California that are from Northern California or from the mm-hmm. Sacramento area. So, but, but it, I would just say it was interesting. League Pass really has made a local broadcaster more national. And I would also tell you that in the last five or seven years, I got a lot of people that would recognize me in other parts of the country from being on the Jim Rome show, which is both radio and TV. So mm-hmm. that, that was part of it as well. And were you, were you surprised? Well, I guess you kind of just answered it, but were you surprised that when you moved to Miami that nobody knew who you was? Or? I'm shocked. You know that in, I've lived there for 12 months. Not one person in 12 months has come up to me and said, hey, Grant Napier. Not one person. <laughs> wow. I will, but I will share this story real quickly. Uh, I had to move uh, last month into a different condo because they raised my rent $1,500, right? So I'm, uh, yeah. I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone with a guy from Xfinity changing my TV and my internet. And it was quite a process And um, because they had a computer issue. And then uh, a lady dealt with me for the first five or 10 minutes. And then she said, I need to switch you to a different department. And the gentleman that helped me, it really was, we were on for 25 or 30 minutes. And we weren't talking about anything other than my internet, what I needed, blah, blah, blah. And at the end he goes, Hey, can I tell you something? And I said, sure. He goes, Hey, don't ever apologize for what you said. And I said, Hey, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And he said, don't ever, ever feel bad for what you said. He goes, I'm from Miami. I'm a big sports fan. And when I heard your voice, I knew exactly who you were. And I just want to tell you, don't ever apologize for saying that. And I thought that was like, you know, in 12 months, no one's recognized me, but I'm on the phone with a guy from Xfinity and he knows all about me. So it was interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. I uh, hey, appreciate it. So have a great weekend. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. That's a good stuff right there. Really was. Um, then I told you about being at, you know, V's father's birthday and I was at the end of a table and the two gentlemen next to me, we started talking and they asked me what I did. And I told them I was a sportscaster. And then when I told them I worked for the Sacramento Kings, the one guy was blown away. He goes, I know about you. And it was kind of funny. But um, so I get that. But no, no one's recognized me, which has been pretty amazing. But it's all good. I, I like being a private person, too. But I, I'll tell you this. I love being on Listen App every day. I greatly appreciate you and your support. Please be with me Monday. Uh, Same time, 3 o'clock Pacific. All right. Have a great weekend. I really appreciate all the questions today. Be well. Stay safe. Grant Napier saying so long. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.